It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Nick Miles is our auto expert, so drop it into gear. It's a green flag. Here's Nick. Hey, everybody. It's uh, it's car day today, a Sunday in the studio with us today. Um, Andrew is here. He's uh, not usually on the show, but he's a special guest today. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming in. We uh, did radio for about a thousand years, didn't we? Oh man, that was at least ten decades. Ten decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that was that was fun. I, I miss it, and I miss you and this mic. Yeah, and this is the very same. We got the very same mic. Ryan's here. Is that it? That's all I got. All right. Chris is here. He's the mute. I usually yeah. And Jen, hi. Good morning, Jen. Morning. Why? <laughs> why is Jen's mic so high? She's standing on her tiptoes. Jen has to be on tiptoes. Probably need to lower that mic. In, that was in awesome. A second. Remember, I'm short. <laughs> All right. So what's going on this week? Uh, I just came back from the Big Island of Hawaii, um, which is a Kona area, mm. and I test drove the Hyundai Kona, which is oh, interesting. Look see at how, that. See what they did? Mukulakahiki. Nice. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Uh, I was saying in all my posts, if you go on social media and uh, you just just hashtag, follow the hashtag Our Auto Expert, which is what you should be doing anyway. If you look on social media, you'll see in the amazing things that we did with the car. But I hashtagged everything. Come on, I want to lick your lime. <laughs> No, Kona want to lick your lime. Kona want to lick your lime? Yeah, Kona want to lick your lime. you said Como want to lick your lime. No, no, yeah. not Como, oh, okay. Kona. But it could have been Como. Kona want to lick your lime, the, the Hyundai Kona, and it was a lime color. And I could never, it's actually called Lime Twist, the one I was driving, but I could never remember what the name of uh, the color of the car was. So I called it Kona want to lick, Kona want to lick your lime. What a yeah. hashtag. It, isn't it? It's kind of long, too. There's an English guy driving a Korean car in no. Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a world car. All right, Korean. Uh, it's a in Discovery Hawaii. Channel show. Yeah. Ooh. I should have. I should have asked Discovery. I feel like I, I. This is like a broken record, but I really, really liked it. Like a lot. Like so much so that I was trying to justify how I could own one mm-hmm. and get away with it, not getting beaten up when I got home. Just mentioning, hey, uh, number car number seven is just arriving this well, week. Well, all you have to say is the the I, I bought a cone. I want to lick your lime. Yeah. That sold already. <laughs> Done. Done. Like I think I probably get raised eyebrows and like. So here's the deal in my house. I have been told uh, no more dogs, no more cars. So mm. I went out and bought two motorcycles. Time <laughs> <laughs> for some cats. Yeah, no, you do not have cats when you have beagles. They like to chase cats because they think they're small furry things that they should be hunting. Oh boy! So I have five dogs, and uh, I mean one, two, three, four, five, five vehicles I own. A sixth vehicle, which is on a year long-term loan and two vehicles so five six seven eight vehicles in total plus the two motorcycles hashtag humble brag i like it no i mean it's <laughs> honestly ryan will tell you that uh several of the vehicles we own are just not you know hey give me three three bucks for it and i'd be still winning yeah no i i know the lineup it's nice <laughs> yeah uh so it's fun you know we have snow vehicles we have sporty little vehicles we have electric vehicles. you know a lot there's a lot there's just a, a lot, lot of people think it's really cool though, but you got to realize, yes, there's the Mustang and the Camaro and stuff, but we're still driving the Prius and we're still yep. driving the Leaf and yep. we're still driving everything electric along with all the big fast cars yep. and all that kind of stuff. You gotta I'm, I'm happy for you. Let's get back to Hawaii, by the way, because I think we <laughs> sort of got off on a tangent here. Uh, so this new uh, Hyundai Kona uh, impressed in the sense that there are things like the Crosstrek, the Subaru Crosstrek, great vehicle, uh, but the thing with the Subaru Crosstrek is that it uh, is a foot longer, but they both have about the same interior space. Mm. So uh, Hyundai have done some really cool packaging in this vehicle to make it really usable. 
has two engines. Uh, the turbo I prefer, the 1.6 with the turbo. It has a two-liter naturally aspirated. Hold on a second. Yeah. You're telling me there's cars nowadays that have two engines. Uh, wait, it, you can have a choice of two different engines. By like a flip of the switch? No. Flick of the wrist? No. You have to. You can have one or the other. Okay. Well. Sorry, but there are cars that have two engines. You could flip the switch, but one would be electric and one would... That, hey, again, we're off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Uh, back to Hawaii, really awesome <laughs> Kia Kona. Um, and the best part about it is it starts at under $20,000, uh, fully loaded with absolutely every single bell and whistle. You'd be really hard pushed to get it over $30,000. Does it come with a trip to Hawaii? or? Uh, you, well, you could afford a trip to Hawaii if you paid that little for a brand new car. What a package. Like, if you open up the glove box and bam, two tickets. To Hawaii. And you want to look at line. Yeah, if you want to look at line, you're welcome. That's all coming up on Our Auto Expert this morning. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines and they're off. Back to Our Auto Expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. So one of the things I wanted to talk about on today's show was the uh, future technology in vehicles. And every time I pick up a magazine or see a video, I get bamboozled with all this amazing technology that's coming. If you can think it, automakers can build it. It's uh, outstanding what we're going to see in the future, some of the pieces of technology. And so who better than to join us is than Brian uh, Bolin, who's the general manager of Lexus Marketing. And we want to talk about something that has been out for a little while, uh, but we haven't really got a chance, Brian, to get in depth with it. And that is your, uh, your new Limitless uh, concept vehicle that you showed at a recent auto show. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the outside of this vehicle. I'm confused at looking at it because I've never quite seen a shape like this before. Is it a wagon? Is it a CUV? Is it an SUV? It seems to meet the criteria of all of those. I think that is a great place to start with the uh, with the LF1 because honestly, that is that was one of the kind of questions that the shape of the vehicle was meant to pose to the viewer. So the way we view the LF1 Limitless, it's it's really our uh, Lexus designers uh, kind of future thinking of what a very premium flagship crossover might look like. It was almost immediately that I, I looked at the vehicle. It seems to have these sort of traditional influences of, of Japanese design, but yet this vehicle was designed and, and researched in California, right? Correct. Yeah, the design uh, was actually done in Southern California, but uh, you're right. The designer's inspiration actually came from uh, the notion of uh, molten metal, uh, much in the way that uh, a very fine Japanese sword might be uh, molded, the, the notion of molten metal and how it might come to rest, and that helped him shape uh, the vehicle. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the the roof in this because the roof is kind of extraordinary in this vehicle, isn't it? The roof is uh, great. Of course, it's all it's all glass, and it's quite a long uh, roof line. I think that's one of the things that gives it quite a dramatic uh, appearance overall. And then and then quite interesting is the way the roof uh, the roof ends at the back end with. Uh, uh, something we haven't really seen before in uh, concept vehicles is this uh, split rear spoiler that almost has a floating uh, third brake lamp. So it's quite an interesting look. Now, before we get into the technology, which is the part that everybody's super excited about, uh, let's talk a little bit about the powertrain. So sure. what, what's happening in most of the world right now is people are designing cars to fit multiple powertrains. You can have gasoline, you can have diesel, you can have electric, you can have hybrid, you can have hydrogen. There are multiple different ways. So what what is the this vehicle going to be powered by or what is the the concept powered by? So 
the uh, when we introduced the concept, we we, we basically uh, said exactly what you just did, uh, Nick. We've uh, planned for this vehicle to be very flexible. That's part of the the whole limitless name of the vehicle is that we envision a future where the uh, powertrain could be uh, gasoline, could be some sort of hybrid or plug-in hybrid, could be fuel cell, uh, could be uh, pure uh, electric. Technology. This is this is really where the meat and potatoes are because this is what gets me excited. It gets a lot of the audience excited. So let's start off. It has something called uh, four-dimensional navigation or 4D navigation. That, I, I only think in 2D. Yeah, so, that, like, <laughs> I'm having a hard time already trying to understand this. That sounds like something in Iron Man suit. Yeah, I, does, does Iron Man needed to drive this? <laughs> I think he would benefit by, uh, by it if he's got a very busy schedule. So the, uh, the concept behind the uh, 4D nav, uh, as the designers envisioned it, was um, something that embraces the uh, concept of a motonashi. So in Japanese, the word motonashi loosely translates to uh, hospitality. But what it adds in the real meaning behind that word, it adds a level of anticipation, of the vehicle being able to anticipate what the driver or passengers might need. So the 4D in the navigation is an awareness on the part of the vehicle of what your schedule has in it today, of how long you've been driving, how much further driving you've got to do based on what you've told the vehicle, and its ability to anticipate, do you need a break now? Do you want me to make a reservation for you for a meal, for a hotel? The vehicle is really helping you plan your day. I guess I, my question out of that is, will it know when I need things? Yeah, that sounds like a never-ending Will it know loop. when I'm hungry? Yeah, will it know, you know. Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually, that's actually part of the deal, is you know, getting, the vehicle getting to know you and getting to know what your needs are, what your wants are, and uh, helping oh, you uh, anticipate those. That's perfect. I need that. I mean, I don't want my car to tell me I've been to Buffalo Wild Wings six times. In a week. <laughs> yeah, no, I would just I would be in a never-ending loop. That, it'll call you out on it. Uh, Brian, let's take a quick break. When we get back, I want to talk about some of the other cool technology in this, autonomy, artificial intelligence. It's all coming your way as our auto expert continues. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our auto expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Como News 1000 FM 97.7. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Welcome back to the show. Still on the phone with us is uh, Brian from Lexus. He is in charge of marketing and we're talking, talking about the uh, limitless concept that you guys uh, have on the market. Uh, Andrew asked in the break whether uh, this was, whether you could get one of these. But unfortunately, it's just a concept, right, Brian? It is uh, truly just a concept, but it was built with the intent of uh, kind of gathering feedback from uh, consumers. And so we're listening very closely to see what people have to say. So I hope if everybody's very positive about this vehicle, that uh, that, uh, that would encourage uh, uh, the powers that be inside the company to uh, to take it to the next uh, next step. Let me ask Andrew if you if you if this was real, would you buy one? I would buy that because right. no, absolutely. Because any car that can take me to all my eateries in one loop <laughs> and knows what I want, yes, please hurry and take my money. Sold for Andrew. Uh, let's talk about some of the extensive technology inside the vehicle. Yeah. So autonomous artificial intelligence. Give us a rundown of what this car will do and how it does it. So, uh, you know, the way we're referring to uh, autonomy um, in this vehicle, anyway, we're talking about a chauffeur mode. So that is the, uh, the closest to kind of a pure autonomous uh, drive condition that, that we imagine for the future. So the chauffeur mode could actually let you be uh, hands-off. We still take the view that the driver should be fairly vigilant, even in a hands-free mode. But uh, the chauffeur mode is, is what's envisioned in terms of technology for this vehicle. 
And then uh, I noticed when I was uh, looking through the materials and from the launch, uh, you can actually do things like do hand gestures and the vehicle will respond. Yeah, that's right. So there's a few interesting control mechanisms built into the vehicle. So hand gesture uh, is, is one. So you would just kind of have to wave uh, at something to, to activate or deactivate it. Uh, then we've built in a touch tracer or a touch pad, uh, but it's really nicely integrated in the concept. It's actually hidden under the leather of the center console, so it's uh, fairly uh, invisible to the, uh, to the viewer. Uh, and then, of course, being a concept vehicle, this vehicle has uh, cameras instead of mirrors uh, on the outside, so the, uh, the screens for those cameras are uh, just to the left and right of the, uh, of the center instrument pinnacle, so super easy to see what's happening alongside and behind you. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, safety uh, as our final topic here in the vehicle. So obviously uh, there was some research that came out of the accident in Tempe, Arizona, where the Uber uh, vehicle, unfortunately, uh, self autonomous self-driving vehicle, uh, killed a pedestrian. And uh, it showed that people weren't really ready for full autonomous vehicles, that, uh, that it, you know, that is the worst case scenario and a bit of a nightmare. But I know you guys are working hard on zero accidents in the future, right? And th this contains a lot of, of those autonomous features. Yeah, I mean, I think this promise of, of zero accidents for the future should be what every automaker is really striving for. I mean, that, uh, what would be the point of us giving up our control if it wasn't to make uh, sort of, let's say, a better environment for us to all be existing in? So I think that is the, that is the holy grail, is that we get to the point where vehicles can communicate with each other, with their surroundings, and really uh, sort of protect us from ourselves. Uh, but, you know, there's five levels of autonomy, and I think that um, we often just use the word autonomy without clarifying are we talking about level one through level five. And, and therein really lies the details where when we get to level five, there's a lot of work still. And so presumably that uh, those new technologies will be integrated into Lexus vehicles of the future and as uh, as the technology is available um, and as it's proven and as the government allows, it will be integrated slowly into your future vehicles like the, uh, the Limitless. Coming up, road trip time. We'll find out what you need to know if you want to take a road trip in the Northwest. Como News 1000 FM 97.7. Our auto expert with Nick Miles will be right back. Our auto expert continues on Como News. Here's Nick Miles. All right, spring break is upon us, and that means it's time to get out on the road and have a whole bunch of fun. And that's exactly what Chevrolet uh, hoping that we'll do. Uh, they have put together the ultimate family road trip for spring break. It's the epic family road trip. And joining us on the phone is Shad Balch. Uh, Shad is a good friend of the shows, and uh, he is in charge of Chevrolet Communications on the West Coast. Uh, Shad, so tell me a little bit about this this epic road trip that Chevrolet have put together. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the, the Chevrolet tagline in, over the last few years has been find new roads. And for us, it's more than just a little soundbite, but it's actually the way that we think when we envision and uh, design and engineer cars, we want people to have exactly what they need to take road trips. So we partnered with Randy Olson. Randy is a data scientist. He's a number cruncher. And we worked with him to come up with the epic road trip, whereby we've identified 50 national monuments, national parks, historic locations in every of the 48 contiguous states. And we, drew, we had him draw a route. 
so that you could drive through every state, visit all of these these historic or, or famous landmarks, and you know have some quality time with your family in your vehicle. So that's what this is about. And one of the things I, I was thinking about this before we got on the air uh, to talk about it, one of the things that is kind of sad about road trips is there used to be this family vacation that used to last about two months in the summer. We uh, we could actually take it, or maybe just one one month, uh, one week. There te- seems to be a reduced amount of time to take road trips. So sometimes it's one, two, three, four days instead of that whole week. The thing I love about this is you actually got all of these stops down into a very short uh, amount of space so we could actually visit as much as possible. Specifically for the West Coast, we can go from Seattle to San Diego and see all the attractions that are in between, and it can take little more than 50 hours to do that. Uh, That, to me, is an absolute outstanding way to do it. So, So how is Chevrolet involved in this sort of epic road trip? Well, we took a survey before this past Thanksgiving to find out what people's uh, thoughts were on road trips. You know, is this still a thing that people do? Because just like you mentioned, it used to be the case that road trips were the best way for family to spend time together. You could get from point A to B, and that was why everybody bought a car. But what we found out is that that is still the case. 95% of all people surveyed like or love taking a road trip. And that really helps us figure out, okay, we know that they want to take a road trip. What is preventing them from doing it? And so we had this whole list of things that we got as feedback from customers that help us engineer the cars. So sitting in traffic, as you can imagine, is the number one reason people don't want to take a road trip. So we try to accommodate that and help people get around that. If you have small kids, hook up to the Wi-Fi. Uh, we found out when, pa- when families take a road trip, there's more than six mobile devices in each car. So having the ability to connect to Wi-Fi, have video streaming, playing games, et cetera, that helps the parents get around the anxiety of being stuck in traffic. So we tried to accommodate the cars for road trips based on the feedback that we got. And like you said, there's all these, we have the 48-state road trip, and then there's these other ones. And for us out here on the West Coast, uh, we really... Randy really took pains to make sure that you could get from all of these points the most efficient way. And there's a very unique algorithm that he used to be able to come up with the quickest way to get from point to point to point. And I looked at the the list of places that uh, you actually have to visit on the West Coast, and I, they're actually quite exciting. And, and, and for instance, now a lot of them um, I have already visited but are great places to see i mean it starts off if you if you go from number one on the west coast and the seattle aquarium even if you live in seattle i'm not sure how many people have actually had a chance to to go to the aquarium so even though these are big places that a lot of people want to visit they end up to be places that sometimes you have been in the past and and you've actually skipped in for this whole road trip is this something that you could do just in spring break or is it something maybe we could save up if we can't do it now and do it in the summer as well you could do this whenever is most convenient for you wherever the, the weather is most desirable for you so it's really something you can do at any time shad balch with us talking about the ultimate epic road trip that uh, they have put together at chevrolet when we come back we're going to talk about some more of those points along the way And we're going to talk about why the Chevrolet cars are specially designed for the family to take a trip. That's coming up next. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News. It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. 
Still on the phone with us, Chad Balch from Chevrolet talking about the epic family road trip, especially for spring break. Uh, Chevrolet have come out with a list of places that you can visit in a short amount of time and get everything in. Uh, Shad, I've been driving this uh, Tahoe RST. We went to Michigan to see it unveiled last year. Uh, it's interesting that I I did not actually make the physical uh, connection, I say, with the best thing is about all these numbers that were being thrown out about how cool this new RST was um, and, and how big the engine was and how powerful and then when I got back from uh, an event last week in Detroit and Ryan picked me up at the airport and he'd already picked the car up from uh, for Park and Fly, he said, you or your mouth will drop when you drive this. So All by the I way, heard was numbers. <laughs> yeah. All I heard was 6.2 liter. I didn't even put together the Corvette side of it. I was like, okay, it's got a beefy engine because it needs that power because it's a big, huge tank. And then I got in it and I was like, oh my God. It, it is it is unbelievable. And by the way, that when you get the data back from us driving it this week, there might be a few fast zero to 60 uh, times in that data. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, we, w- we wouldn't put the Corvette engine in there if we didn't want you to drive it like a Corvette. Fair it's, enough? It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Between the 10-speed, your guys' 10-speed, the Corvette engine, and then my Wi-Fi internet. <laughs> it's just perfect. Yeah, I hope you... Uh, we, yeah. weren't, we weren't using the Wi-Fi while we were driving, by the way, just to to make that quite clear which brings me to a really cool next segment i want to talk about so we talked about this road trip the epic road trip but uh you, the safety systems now i know originally that the safety systems in your car uh, had i think it was cadillac were the first one to introduce the vibrating seats but now that's filtered into the chevrolet cars and this is really cool isn't it yeah, it really is. And uh, the whole goal of all this is to help drivers avoid collision, whether it be if you get distracted or if you take your eyes off the road. Or sometimes, I mean, all it takes is a look out, look down, and you're veering off into the lane next to you. So there's all these technologies that are what we call like semi-autonomous. They're, they're, they're like a dipping a toe into what an autonomous vehicle will look like eventually. It just sort of teases it. And the cool thing about it is if you just, you know, if your leg goes to sleep, you can drive over the line on purpose and get a buzz, which I like because I'm, yeah. I'm, I may have done that once. <laughs> it, it's, so it's, if we see Nick swerving down the road, we'll yeah. know what's going on. You know, here's the deal. seat massager. Here's, here's the deal. <laughs> this is like the funny thing about the seat vibrating when, you know, when you go over the lines or when, you know. So when it first happens... You forget. You forget when you get into one of these press cars that this is what it does, right? I mean, I'm thinking this is really cool. We saw the unveil, and then uh, I changed lanes maybe a little early without before I'd hit the indicator. That's my covering. Did I hit somebody? That's, that's covering myself, and you know, so it might buzz on me, and I'm go, oh, that's how does that do that? Oh yeah, that's when it does it. Oh yeah, this is does it do it this way? Yeah, yeah, it's good, and it'll prevent you from running into something. Yeah, which, yeah, the safety side of it. Yeah, the safety side. I was just talking about it's fun to have you, you know. Anyway, <laughs> um, Shad, it's it's always really good to talk to you. Thanks uh, for joining us today. If people want to find out more about this epic road trip, uh, where do they go? Uh, you could visit media.chevrolet.com, and from there you can find all of these maps, the full 48 state map and then the different maps across the country for smaller trips. Uh, Shad, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We'll talk again soon, and I'm looking forward to being with you guys on April 3rd in Las Vegas when uh, we're going to get immersed into all things Chevrolet. That's correct. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.
Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Thanks for being a supporter of the show and uh, to give you access to the show 24-7. There's something really easy you can do. Uh, just go onto that interweb device that you have uh, somewhere in your house, either that's your cell phone, your computer, your tablet, and uh, you can connect with our auto expert by going to our website, which is ourautoexpert.com. You can also do something kind of cool, which is follow the Our Auto Expert hashtag, and that hashtag can be followed on uh, Instagram. Once you follow that hashtag, every time we post something really cool, whether it's a picture of a brand new car, a piece of technology, or something celebrating the history of automobiles, it'll pop up in your feed. We also have the Twitter. You can follow myself at Nick J. Miles, and the C is missing out of my name, just in case you didn't know. That's N-I-K-J-M-I-L-E-S. You can follow me, Twitter, Facebook. We have all those uh, technology things that you can do. So please find some time to follow us, and uh, we will relay all the latest car information from auto shows around the world, plus all the new cars that are coming out. You can find out about them first before anybody else does by just going onto social media and following our auto expert or myself. Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Our Auto Expert. So a couple things I wanted to talk about. Just getting off the back of the New York International Auto Show... Uh, there was a lot of surprises, a lot of very cool stuff revealed. I uh, want to talk about several of the vehicles that will be hitting dealers very soon. Uh, first of all, a brand new RAV4 from Toyota. Uh, that whole segment has been doing so well. One of the issues with uh, that segment is that Toyota's RAV4 was one of the oldest vehicles in the segment. Uh, they've done some special editions of the vehicle, but just just didn't seem to be cutting the mustard against a lot of the competition and finally a brand new rav4 after they've been doing concepts for i don't know like the last year year and a half uh, some very cool little concepts good to see that also uh the corolla hatchback yes yeah That's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> ryan's a corolla hatchback. boy right yeah chris has my old ae85 you like that car chris Solid. why, why do you give it, it like 20 works. minute pause chris before you get works. well i have to stand on my tiptoes because ryan's like seven foot 12 inches tall Andy, you like the hatchbacks, don't you? I like the hatchback because there's a lot more room to do a lot of more stuff. <laughs> there's a lot more hatchbacky type adventures that I can go on. It, it's about the adventure. It's about the utility for modern people. They like the look of the sedan. Mm -hmm. They don't quite look the, like the wagon, but they like the hatchbackiness, which is kind of cool. And then also new Nissan Altima. I was so blown away by the fact that they are still selling millions of cars in this segment every year. I think it's about three million in this segment. The sedan, the midsize family sedan. Mm -hmm. And uh, you ask, well, why are they doing a new Corolla? Why is there new, a new Accord? Why is there a new Altima? Yeah, they sell a lot of them. Thanks very much. There's a lot of them that they sell every year. So uh, Nissan's Formula E race car, which was kind of cool. I think it was in, unveiled originally in Geneva, uh, but the new livery on the outside makes it look... It I is mean, so gorgeous. The, yeah. e, the Formula E cars compared to the Formula One cars compared to... All, they all have aesthetics of their own. The wings on every angle. It's beautiful. And then uh, Nismos? Is that Nissan? I think it's a Nismo. It, 
Nismo, Nasmo, <laughs> Nosmo. He gets there. Uh, new Aviator, which is the baby navigator from Lincoln. Very what? cool. Yeah. Are you serious? Uh, it's a sexy vehicle. That's my. Fa- that's one of my faves. Yeah. Well, now you have a brand new fave. A new baby. A new baby in your life. Hyundai really with an amazing show. Brand new Tucson. First of all, uh, this is not. Uh, it's a. It's a refresh. It's got a new dashboard, new front, new back. Uh, loads of really cool new technologies. One of them I like is it will remind you if you leave your cell phone That's in the vehicle nice. so as you get out. Plus the wireless charging in this vehicle. Uh, if the connection is not being made properly with the wireless charging, it'll tell you, hey, you've got coins in the in the you know, the little charging bay or you, mm. you have keys in there and it's not able to make a connection. I think that's kind of cool. Tech- I mean, there's lots of really cool technology. But the one I really like, the new Santa Fe from Hyundai, the thing I love about this new Santa Fe, which is off the hook. So we know that GM have something called a backseat reminder. So if you've opened the back door of their vehicle, they'll remind you, hey, you when you got in, you open the back door, make sure there's not somebody or something in the back, which is great. But with the new Santa Fe from Hyundai, <laughs> if you leave your if you leave something in the back do- in the back seat that moves, like a child or oh. a dog, it'll warn you that you have something moving in the back seat and it's in the car. A living you know, item in your back yeah, seat. No yeah, no doubt. I was going to say, man, I hate it when I leave a kid back there. <laughs> Does it roll down the windows for you and everything? No, no, it, but case. it'll tell you, which is, you know, always, unfortunately, tragically, uh, there's always deaths of animals and, and children in cars every year, despite what everybody does. And I'm this is something that's so overdue in making sure that we can save some extra lives. Uh, that's, to me, awesome. New Kia, uh, sorry, new Hyundai Kona Electric. I love the Kona. We talked about that at the top of the show. There's an electric version that does 250 miles on a single charge, better than the Model 3, Whoa. better than the Chevy Bolt. What? That's off the hook. Well, what's that next one you were going to say? Uh, right K900, new Kia oh, K900. Uh, sexy K900, new one. Uh, also new Kia Optima, a new Subaru Forester, which has the first facial recognition software. Um, do you remember when we used to work together at the radio? I used to have a uh, Forester. Yeah, I love it. Come and pick you up in my Forester. Uh, the surprise reveals new Acura RDX A spec, and the biggest surprise reveal on the Acura forum was the new MDX. Uh, which was kind of cool. I dig the MDXs. Uh, no, and it no. also comes as an A-spec too, right? Right. New A-spec. All right. We're going to talk about things you can do in driving for charity. And Anton Woolman, uh, Jen's favorite, will be up in this hour. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News. It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. Welcome back to our auto expert. On the phone with us is John Catton. He is the communications manager from uh, Polestar. Now, when when you may be familiar with the name Polestar, uh, it was uh, part of Volvo. It still is part of the, the company, but uh, it's been spun off to be something new. And John's going to tell us all about that. Uh, the Polestar was always the Volvo that you wanted, right? It was, it was the cool colors, the cool performance. Uh, John, you've sort of separated out from the Volvo group to, to have your own uh, mandate, as it were. Yes, exactly. So, um, you know, for... Decades now, I think, you know, a lot of the big automotive houses, you know, have had their kind of premium brands alongside their their standard nameplates. So, you know, VW's always had their Audi, Toyota's always had their Lexus. And um, Volvo, um, you know, is, is a fairly premium car to begin with. But um, the timing was right to launch a new brand in the sense that everything's going electric over time here. 
And uh, it, it made sense to split Polestar, which, as you mentioned, was previously sporty Volvos, um, out into its own standalone performance electric brand. And will it be uh, totally 100% electric, or, or will there be gas-powered uh, Polestars as well? Our first car, which is um, we, which we call the Polestar 1, and will be our Halo car, that's a plug-in hybrid, but then everything after that first car will be full battery electric. All right, so tell us some numbers that comes from this Polestar 1. Uh, wow us with your figures. <laughs> okay, so the Polestar 1 uh, is, is really the Halo car for the brand, it's going to come in at you know around $155,000 days price. So you get, uh, obviously, the performance to match that. It's a 2 plus 2 Grand Touring Coupe body. Uh, speaking of which, the body is actually full carbon fiber. So uh, all the panels are carbon fiber, hood, trunk. Uh, all of those pr- uh, components of the car are made from carbon to shave the weight that's gained uh, by going with the plug-in hybrid. Now, that plug-in hybrid system... Uh, is all-wheel drive, 600 horsepower, uh, 748 pound-foot of torque. So uh, it, it's going to be plenty quick, but I think, you know, it's also the first car to be available on the market that's coming with um, Olin's, the famous suspens- Swedish suspension house. They have a new uh, electronic suspension system that's coming, and uh, th- it will debut, actually, on this car as a series production vehicle. So it won't just be one of those electric cars or, you know, plug-in hybrids that, that – Post great numbers in a straight line, but isn't much fun to drive otherwise. It's really going to be a dynamic driver's car, like the Polestar Volvo's always been in the past. Now, Volvo was one of the first companies to introduce supercharge and turbocharge, although this will be the only vehicle obviously has that because it's the only gasoline vehicle that you're going to have, uh, which which partly gasoline vehicle. Uh, out of a four-cylinder engine, when, when I combine what you just told me, to say that this is a four-cylinder mm-hmm. engine with 600 horsepower, uh, it's it's almost like Dodge eat your heart out, right? I mean, they they, they, they have to have a, a great big V8, a 6.2 or a 5.7 V8 to get that sort of horsepower out of a vehicle, and you're doing it with four cylinders. Yeah, I mean, four cylinders plus the electric motors. I mean, really, that's the beauty of uh, electrification is uh, the horsepower and, mo- and, more importantly, the torque. Uh, both come easy and quickly and in a linear fashion. So it really makes for a great package where you have wonderful performance both off the line and on the top end. And then in the case uh, of the Polestar 1 as a plug-in hybrid, it's really got a long, long range. We haven't quoted the... Uh, the exact final figure, but in pure electric mode, it has the longest range of any car on the market, um, any hybrid on the market, I should say. It goes a full 150 kilometers or 93 miles in pure electric. So if you really wanted to run the car for your day-to-day you know, commute to the office or errands around town, you can do it in full electric mode if you want it. Most Americans commuting about uh, tw- uh, under 20 miles each way, so that would fit into their lifestyle. The uh, the thing that wouldn't fit into anybody's lifestyle is the fact you definitely need a huge open road for this vehicle, which might not happen uh, if you have yeah. to uh, commute in American traffic. But it sounds like uh, it's an awful lot of fun. Now, the, the battery setup is different from other electric vehicles. Uh, slightly, yes. So basically... Um the, the way the drivetrain is laid out in the car, uh, the core of the internal combustion engine is the twin charge four-cylinder you mentioned, uh, and it's a derivative of what we call the T8 setup in Volvos. John, stand by. When we come back, I want to talk about the inspiration behind the design of this vehicle and also talk about the future of Polestar. That's all coming up as our auto expert continues.
keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Welcome back to the show. John Cannon still with us from Polestar. He is in charge of communications. So in the break, uh, John, you were telling me that you've never worked for a car company that doesn't have a car out. Uh, when are we looking for the first vehicles to be available from Polestar? Yeah, so basically the Polestar 1 is uh, up for ordering now. You can go uh, online uh, to the Polestar website and place a, a reservation for a car, and then your deliveries should begin um, roughly May, June-ish of next year, actually. So we've still got a year to go, but uh, all for good reason. You know, we're building a new headquarters in Gothenburg, Sweden, on the uh, Volvo Group campus, and we're building a new factory as well uh, that will produce some, not necessarily all of future Polestars, and, um, yeah, there's a lot of things going on in the background as we get ready to launch. Uh, let, let's talk about the, the inspiration behind the design of, of the Polestar 1. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Polestar's CEO is a man named Thomas Ingenloth. And uh, Thomas is a very interesting person in the CEO context in that he was actually, and still is, uh, Volvo's senior VP of design. So... Thomas is a designer uh, and, and, you know, has been on a design track his entire career and has now stepped into the executive seat. So as you can imagine, with the designer running the whole company, everything is uh, intensely design-focused. So uh, the Polestar 1 in particular started off life as a concept that Volvo presented a few years ago, um, and it really was better suited to come to life as a Polestar than as a Volvo. It's, it's you know, you, you buy a Volvo for safety and family and Scandinavian design, excuse me. And you really buy a Polestar a little bit more for me and for the performance and, you know, for, for the sport of things. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where the design inspiration came from is this coupe. And it's been uh, modified in several, you know, particular ways, both in terms of styling and, of course, technically to become what is now the Polestar 1. What uh, tell me what countries is uh, going to be able to buy the brand new Polestar One? Is it, it just Sweden and the United States, or do you have other places that will be able to uh, partake in this new electrical wonder? No, yes, exactly. So uh, if the opening, oh, excuse me, the ordering is open for about fifteen countries. I think it's eighteen to be specific online, uh, and uh, that's uh, you've got the U.S., you've got Canada, um, key European markets, of course. China, um, kind of all the key, uh, what I would label, key super sports car markets in in the world uh, where Volvo has a presence um, just from a distribution point of view. And then, of course, the, the, the number of countries will grow over time. But at launch, that's what we're looking at. Is this car going to be limited to a certain amount produced? Uh, yes, we haven't defined the exact number, but uh, since it is hand-built with a carbon fiber body, it's, it's a low-volume low, low volume car. It's not some car we're going to stamp out hard tooling for or any of that. And uh, the life cycle of the car should be somewhere from 1,500 to 2,500, maybe an absolute ceiling of 3,000. So it's uh, not a limited edition with a specific number per se, but um, we, we need 1,500 uh, to to do the project, and uh, we're 
pretty happy to say we're pretty much there. Uh, we're taking those deposits now. Running out of time in this segment, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about this. And ha- please come back on the show and update us when you have more information about uh, the new Polestar cars. John uh, Canton is from Polestar and is in charge of marketing. More on our auto expert when we return. Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. Como News. Time to set it on cruise control. This is our auto expert. Here's Nick Miles. All right, as every week, we like to invite this gentleman on our show, and he gives us an insight into autonomy, electric vehicles, and much more. Anton Wallman is here. He's an independent investor and analyst. Anton, we're moving forward after the results of the accident in Tempe, Arizona, in which an Uber vehicle killed somebody. The unfortunate portion of this is, is now there is evidence that's starting to appear, uh, especially some some people like uh, Carnegie Mellon have said that from the video that they see, it appears that this was a catastrophic equipment failure. That's right. So obviously we have a dead body and we have a person behind the wheel who was supposed to be the safety driver and ensure that in the event of an equipment failure or equivalent, that this person would be able to take over. So that didn't happen. But even before we got to that, as you correctly stated, we had essentially what could be characterized as an equipment failure. A vehicle of this type has radars, it has LIDARs, and it has cameras. Uh, Something occurs in this process called sensor fusion, in which the computer essentially tries to combine the inputs from all of these sensors and make a judgment. It was pretty clear that at least two or maybe all three of these types of sensors should have seen that in the middle of the night when nothing else is going on, that a person is crossing the street. So the whole point of mechanizing these sensors as compared to a human eye being the detector here is that these sensors are supposed to be able to detect these things more safely and more accurately than a human being, which may sometimes not look as carefully out when it's dark and so forth. And some of these sensors can basically see in the dark. So uh, the long story short here is that these sensors simply didn't perform. And I think we can call that an equipment failure. And from here on, you know, what, what, do, what do all of these companies, whether it be the Ubers of this world or all of the automakers and other technology companies do to ensure that we do not have any more of these equipment failures out in the in the real world. Now, we should bring up something here about this accident. And one of the things is that if we look at where this lady crossed the road, uh, understandably, she was a homeless person uh, who was uh, wandering with a bicycle on the road. There are signs at the side of the road that say there is no human being able to cross at this point or you should not cross and she should have walked down to the crosswalk. Not uh, obviously any reason that, that would make any difference to the, the vehicle hitting her. But at this point, are these vehicles only looking for things that they expect to happen? Uh, for instance, they're only looking for people in areas they expect them to be crossing? Or are they vigilant 24-7? And I just want to make it clear that we should establish that before we start uh, talking about anything else. So are the vehicles looking for accidents continuously or only where they may occur? No, they absolutely look at these things continuously because even though the probability is higher that they might happen in certain places, at least half the point of these advanced systems is that they are 
going to be far more vigilant in making sure that these types of corner cases are avoided. I mean, when you're driving down the freeway in the middle of the night, you don't expect somebody to randomly start crossing the freeway. And as a human being, we don't look all that carefully. So on that one in a million time when somebody does, we might not be able to see it. But for heaven's sake, these systems, half the point of them is that they should be able to avoid these corner cases uh, where a human might not be very well equipped at monitoring uh, these very infrequent situations. So no, absolutely, these systems are supposed to look at this. And clearly, they did not follow certain protocols with respect to having their own employee monitoring the system. And clearly, there was an equipment failure. It's not like they are uh, lacking culpability in this case either. So uh, as a period on this subject, Anton Wallman, where does this leave the autonomous car industry and where does it leave Uber? I think we are going to see the dawn here of a new era of transparency in which all of these things are going to have to make it far more clearer how they establish uh, their processes so that these situations can be avoided. All right, Anton, when we come back, we're going to talk electric vehicles, a new plan from Nissan. How is the electric world shaping up? And will you have one in your driveway soon? That's as our auto expert continues. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines and they're off. Back to Our Auto Expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. Welcome back to our auto expert on the phone with us, Anton Wallman, independent investor and analyst. Uh, Seeking Alpha is where you can find his stuff. Um, Anton, let's turn our sights onto the New York International Auto Show, which happened last week. Uh, big news, of course, from Kia. Big news, of course, from Hyundai. Uh, their new Kona Electric. We knew it was coming. It's already been revealed to the world the first time in the United States. But it does kick Tesla and uh, somewhat Chevy in the backside with giving them a 250-mile uh, range to something that they have to meet now because it be- beats both the Model 3 and the Bolt. That's right. So uh, Kia and Hyundai are, of course, sister companies, and they're coming to market with a new generation of electric vehicles that really hit sort of the center of the uh, somewhat affordable market. Basically, you can look at them at a vehicle that is the same general type as a Chevrolet Bolt, but with a slightly newer battery and perhaps a more attractive exterior and interior to the automobile. And while we are not quite yet certain about the pricing, it should be fairly similar to the Chevy Bolt. So let's talk a little bit about Nissan unveiling their electric plan, because this looks like they have a solid plan to play in the electric field and sort of replace the LEAF uh, or add to the LEAF in their lineup. Yeah, so Nissan it has a multi-stage approach that that's too complicated to go into too much detail here, but basically there will be a longer range version of the Nissan LEAF coming out in less than a year from now. This will have approximately 230 or so miles of range. But behind it, very soon thereafter, comes an entirely new generation of electric cars from Nissan. These will be built on an altogether new platform, new from the ground up, that will fit a far larger battery and should enable Nissan to offer a multitude of body styles, including crossovers and SUVs with almost 300 miles of range 
at reasonably affordable prices. The, the, you know, when we look at the electric car market, uh, range now around 238 uh, currently, which is the best, is the Chevy Volt. Uh, people are buying that in droves. At what point does the range have to be until most Americans will consider having an electric in their driveway? Well, I actually think that the bigger obstacle is not so much trying to get that range well above 300 up to near 400 miles, but rather, I think the biggest obstacle in the process here is the lack of charging network. So is this an advantage for people in in Seattle and uh, the Northwest because we uh, have plenty of chargers? So is it more likely to be adopted in different states uh, much earlier than than the rest of the country? I mean, clearly the middle of the country doesn't have much electricity uh, for charging vehicles, but are we going to see the norms in Seattle uh, as electric cars once we get to the ranges of 250 miles? Well, that is part of it. So certainly uh, the build-out of the charging networks are the strongest on the coast, but we will see that the middle of the country will also be connected, and the entity to watch there is something called Electrify America, which is an entity that's paid for by Volkswagen. It's a spending $2 billion over a decade in building out this massive network. Anton, we're running out of time on the show. Tell people where they can read more stuff that you're writing and more about these subjects. Well, most of what I publish is published on SeekingAlpha.com. All right, Anton, we'll uh, talk to you again next week. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, we will be back with more about our auto expert momentarily. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our auto expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. All right, that's it for another fabulous week of our auto expert. Andy, thanks for being a guest on the show this week. Thank you for having me and providing me with the extra chair. I feel very loved. Thank you. It's uh, it's a squash in the Our Auto Expert studio, but uh, we with 19 microphones and 20 people helping, <laughs> it's amazing. And Bob in the back there doesn't get his own. Sorry, Bob. He doesn't get his own microphone. If you want to follow us all, all week long, you can do that at ourautoexpert.com. Uh, Ryan and Chris will be busily editing videos to get them up on the website so you can see them. Jen's producing more fabulous radio shows so you can listen to them in the future. And you can go to Podbean and listen to the show anytime that you want and download it. What? Uh, you could listen to Our Auto Expert 24 7. If you go to ourautoexpert.com and download the show, it, it's pretty amazing. My favorite thing to fall asleep to. Well, nobody falls asleep <laughs> yeah. while listening to the show. Crazy people. And next week, we'll be back with more very cool stuff. We'll be test driving some cars all over the world so we can bring those to you and tell you about them. We'll see you next week. Stay connected. Stay informed. This is Como News.